0: Hey friends, hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Did you ever just look at your pets and wonder if they think about their families? I, I don't mean the family that adopted them, their their human family or owner, meaning you. I mean, do they ever think about their mom and their dad and their brothers and sisters, if they even had any? You, you know what I mean? I, I have to imagine, I, I can't be the only one who projects onto our dog. You know, I'll just like, look at, look at Lola and I'll think, uh, I wonder... I wonder if Lola's ever thinking about her sisters and what they're up to. (laughs) Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 10 self published novels that can all be purchased worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find and purchase all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name M A S C O L A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. <laughs> mm uh-huh. People Are The Enemy listeners. This is episode 271 of The People Are The Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. You're in the right place. This is where you want to be. I always say it. There's maybe two, maybe three good podcasts that you want to tune into every week. And this is one of them. Thank you for being here. You remember Das Racist? That's who this is. Is this the best use of a Billy Joel sample? I think so. All right, I'm going to take this back. You know this is over 10 years old, by the way? All right, hang on. Let me Let me pull it back. Thank you, Dust Racist. There we go. You know, I was like I was trying songs out to start the show with and uh <laughs> I was trying Animotion's Obsession. Do you know that song from the eighties? If you don't know it, uh and you've spent any time at all listening to music from the eighties, there's there's a ninety seven point eight percent chance that you've heard it. <laughs> but I I heard it again recently on WFMU during, uh, their first week of the marathon, which was the, just this past week. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I, I really like that in obsession song. I bet it'd be fun to start the show with that, but I tried and, uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> I'm going to play it for you just to hear just so you can hear what it sounds like, but it's definitely it could definitely work for somebody, but it didn't work for me. It it was just not for me at all. Listen to this. Listen, and I'll, I'll and what I'll do is I'll improvise what I think uh, somebody who might be playing this music to start their program might be saying. Okay, all right, <laughs> we'll have some fun here. Okay, this is uh, the instrumental version of Animotion's Obsession, uh, and uh, let's imagine let's reimagine me starting the show with this. Here we go. get some water here where's my water that's not part of the bit by the way that's right ladies and gentlemen you found it the people are the enemy podcast that's right I imagine the the, the, the DJ would have a voice like that a podcaster 14th caller is gonna get uh, is gonna get two notebooks I don't know you want to win tickets to the uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert this weekend at the Palladium <laughs> be the 17th caller with the phrase that pays <laughs> maybe the maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers would be too hip for that let's see uh, oh jeez I'm picking up a million artists here I've got so many people rolling through my head that I can toss into this we'll stick with the 80s let me pretend it's 1980s, right? The 27th caller will win uh, two tickets to the
1: AHA concert at the Palladium this weekend. But you gotta have the phrase that pays and you gotta know.
0: What if it was like modern times? It'd be like... Um, the 45th caller, the 45th texture will get their NFT... You want to get your people or the enemy NFT? Sorry, <laughs> right, I got to, I gotta stop. Thank you, Animotion. <laughs> you can see why I didn't want to start it with that. Oh, just not me, man. Not me, man. How was your weekend? Is it good? Was it good? You're listening to this on Monday. Is it good? If you're listening to this on the day I'm recording it, how did you do that? Did you have a time machine? Why aren't you watching the Oscars, which is on right now? <laughs> By the way, you're not going to hear any Oscar talk on this at all. So I, my apologies. And uh, I give you permission to go elsewhere if that's what you're looking for. Please. <laughs> because because I am just the biggest movie snob. It's one thing I've realized. If you listen to the to, to my comments about Top Gun Maverick, the other podcast episode, then you know what I'm talking about. I am... I just, I do not get it. I do not understand. Like, I have no patience for modern cinema at all. You know, I'll, I'll watch a lot of foreign things. The last great movie I saw was Tatan. It, it honestly was. And I I did a whole episode about Titan. Uh I love that movie. I actually went to the theater to see it without, you know, sight unseen. I think I watched the, the trailer for it. And then I went to the theater and sat my, took us down and watched it. And I loved every minute of it. And I watched it again when it showed up on cable. Like, uh, So, like, yeah, I just, I do not understand, um, you know, the, the, the affection for what's new and popular. Uh, like, uh, Avatar. I don't, I will not, like, I just don't want to see it. Like, I, I have no, like, I saw the first one and I, I was, I didn't care for it. And my apologies. I, I was out of work at the time as a lot of people were when that first Avatar came out. Because it was during a real hard time in America. And I think that's in part why it was so popular. There were people going to see it like over and over again. And uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, hey, I'll take you to see Avatar. I'll, I'll pay for you to get in. And I was like, oh, all right. And uh, yeah, I, I, like, I, I think I was just too, too worried about my circumstances at the moment there. I just, I didn't get into it and I have no desire for anything like that. You know, I remember a lot of uh, things flying through the air. And speaking of flying through the air, how did two planes collide in the air? How does that happen? And I am not trying to make light of a tragedy. I I saw that, that that happened this week in Florida, two planes collided and four people perished. And I think that's terrible, but I mean there's a lot of sky, man. How do how does that happen? You know what I mean? I can't I can't figure that out, you know? And especially now, you know, you think with technology and um and communications the way they are, uh you know you, you'd think that these accidents w- wouldn't occur, but here we are in 2023, and two planes are colliding in the air. Very, very sad. I don't mean to bring you down. Uh, let me talk about this weekend here. What did I do? I went to the eye doctor. I got to get I got to get a new prescription, which means new glasses, and I can only wear glasses. I used to wear contact lenses, but they dry up so much in the uh, the office because I'd be staring at a screen in a giant building. Where, you know, the, these with these tall ceilings and it just like the air circulating in there. My eyes would just dry up and I was like, I can't do this. So I have to wear glasses. I got a pair of like what I'm wearing right now. They look very similar. They're like black rimmed, like Rivers Cuomo type glasses. That's the only way I can describe them. Speaking of Weezer, I'm going to go see them. I got tickets for my wife and myself and our daughter to go see Weezer. There's few bands that we all agree on. And that's one of, like, Weezer's one of them. And I just said, you know what? I said, next time Weezer comes around, I'll get tickets and we can go. And uh, sure enough, Weezer tickets came up. And I was like, all right, we're doing this. And I'll tell you something. Like, I paid for my wife and our daughter to go see, for my wife's birthday. She wanted to go see Harry Styles in concert. And uh, I live in New England. The nearest place Harry Styles was playing was Madison Square Garden. He'd sold out a bunch of shows. I'm sure you remember. And... So it was going to be like they had to, I had to get tickets for a show at Madison Square Garden for them. And uh, I won't tell you how much I paid. It was just, it was a lot, a lot of money for two tickets to go see Harry Styles, for my wife and daughter to go see Harry Styles at Madison Square Garden. But again, it was my wife's birthday. It was an important thing. And and I love my wife. I'll do anything for her, you know. But anyways, the point is, three tickets to see Weezer. And it's Weezer, Joyce Manor, and Future Islands. Those are the the three bands that are playing in Massachusetts. Uh, was a qu- it cost me a quarter of what it cost for for two tickets to see Harry Styles in New York City? A, a quarter of that for two people. That's wild, right? That dude's got a lot of money. He should retire. <laughs> and I I don't I don't mean to say that as if like I don't care for what he does. I know a lot of people love what he does. And he makes a lot of people happy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. I'm sure. Because my wife is saying, like, I want to see him again. And I'm like, okay, all right. Let me uh, uh, let, let me save some money. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, that dude better come. That better, that dude better come through Massachusetts. That's all I'm saying. Because that was a lot of dough to to spend. At Madison Square Garden. I've never been to Madison Square Garden. By the way, I would love to go sometime. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know how I got on that tangent. Oh, I know what it was. It was the glasses? Yeah. So. So yeah, I had an eye appointment. My uh, my sight has deteriorated to a level in my in my left eye to to the point at which I need a new prescription, and uh, and I've, I've got some new glasses coming. So that's exciting. What else did I do this weekend? I did some food shopping. I uh, my wife and I went out to dinner with another couple last night. That was a lot of fun. We don't do that often, but uh, we did that last night and we had a good time. And. Uh, and I have to, uh, I have to kind of like give myself a little talk. You know what I mean? Cause I can be verbose and I can be excitable and I can be very outgoing. And I, what I have to remember to do, especially like if it's not one-on-one, like if I'm, it's just me and somebody else for me, it's, it's, it's very easy. I'm used to that. I, I you know, I'm, I'm an only child, but I, I, but I have, I have parents, you know, who were divorced for the bulk of my, my, my adult life and the bulk of my, my, my life as a child. But, uh, in dealing with them, it was just one-on-one. So it was just me and my mom. I got used to that, you know, or me and my dad. I could, I could you know, knew how to carry on a conversation. But if I get in a group of people, I got to remember, like, I, you know, I got to share. You know what I mean? So I've got to kind of reel it in. You know what I mean? I got to slow my roll, so to speak. So before I walk into situations like this where we're at a nice restaurant with another couple, I have to remind myself, like, all right, uh, you don't have to be the center of attention, Andy. <laughs> you don't have to entertain everybody. Uh, pay attention to what people are saying, listen, <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> it's okay to do that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not rude or anything like that, but you know, like I said, I could be overly verbose for sure. But, uh, but again, it's sort of like in, in, in being married and, uh, being with other couples and wanting to have a nice night out, uh, and not have to go home and, and hear about like, uh, my wife complaining about something that maybe I said or did that was inappropriate. I just, I just prepare myself and think to myself, okay, just be a gentleman and just be uh, generous in terms of the conversation. And I can do that. But again, it's just a matter of, of giving myself a little pep talk, but it was, it was a real nice night. We had a great, great time and we actually made plans to get together again with these people. So I know it was successful unless, you know, unless they uh, mysteriously cancel between now and (laughs) next time (laughs) they're just pulling our legs. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get together again. Oh yeah, no, we'll do this No, this was fun. <laughs> All right, great. Honestly though, yeah, it's it's not it's not common for us. My wife and I will go out together a lot, but um but for us to get together with another couple it's rare. So it, it's but it's nice when it happens. And especially it's nice when it works, you know, and, and everybody has a good time, which seemed to, to happen. That was cool. Uh you know your future paid pays thirty thousand dollars a month in child support for 10 kids to nine different moms. <laughs> you know who future is? He's like a, he's one of the new school of rappers. I say new school, probably like the last uh, seven years, six seven years. He's come on the scene and uh, he's done very well for himself. I understand he's worth forty million dollars, but I I read today that he he pays out thirty thousand dollars a month in child support for ten children to nine different moms. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of bread. You know what I mean, and I guess the mom. Some of the moms want want even more money than that. You know, I can't imagine. I mean, I, something like that. You gotta you gotta make sure your gravy train keeps rolling. Meaning, like if he's paying that out every single month, you know that that forty million dollars isn't gonna last long. You know, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, you know, you got if these uh, d- depending on how you know if all these kids are under eighteen, you know how how long will that take? You know what I mean? Oh my gosh! So hopefully, uh, hopefully future knows either he's making good investments. <laughs> or he has some more hits because <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of bread man oh man alright I've only got one clip for you today I didn't have a lot but uh, I had a clip of Bon Scott from ACDC being asked about the sex pistols I thought this was quite good and it's something I'd never heard and I came across this on TikTok of course because of course I did and uh, I said you know what this would be fun for the show to have listeners listen to the older I get the more I appreciate ACDC I really do but um, let me play this for you here just be a moment okay, this is Bon Scott the first singer of ACDC who passed in 1980 uh, before things were handed off to Brian Johnson and, uh, and he's being asked about uh, the Sex Pistols check this out
1: there's a new uh, pop group in uh, England called the Sex Pistols they, people are saying that they're modeling themselves on new, is that correct? is there really? yeah have you heard about them? never or are you modelling yourselves on them? On who? The Sex Pistols. Don't know. Some say you're... Yeah, we get me. <laughs> <laughs> Some say you favour punk rock more than anything else. Um, yeah. do you do see... the favours too. <laughs> do you see this as music or... Um, as grassroots music or what? I see, yes, as music. I see punk rock is nothing. You think it's just simply outrageous noise? Oh, no, no. no. Uh,
0: that is... Guys, got
1: it, they're making a statement, you know? I mean, it don't mean nothing, but they're
0: making a statement
1: like that. Do you describe yourselves as outrageous then? No. Or violent? Rock
0: and roll. There you go. I thought that was pretty good. I thought he handled that well, really, honestly. He wasn't too insulting. I mean, he was insulting to an extent, but uh, I, I think that's the the coolest move, obviously. If if it's, if it's you're being asked about like the next big thing, which at that time I'm sure was probably what was happening given that he passed in 1980 and he's sitting there with big you know dark sunglasses you can't see his eyes and he's wearing he's wearing a uh uh, a denim a denim vest you know over a over a t-shirt and uh and just to like see i I don't know who the sex pistols are (laughs) you know he knows And at one point he gives the finger to the camera (laughs) while while he's laughing and kind of like kind of like playing with the uh the interviewer i thought that was quite good Bon Scott talking about um, talking about the sex pistols. Uh, I don't know when that was. I don't think there's a date on that. But if you're looking for it, you can find it on TikTok. It was posted by a user who calls themselves Terribly Timmy, all, all strung together. And at this point, what I'm going to do is hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel.
1: Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week, particularly anyone who checked out People Are the Enemy for the interview with Mark Masters and decided to stick around. For our 70s chart this week, we're in March 5th of 1977, and starting off at number 85 is a group called the Sons of Champlain with Here is Where Your Love Belongs. Now I make it a few more places to number 80. Uh, The group was named for frontman Bill Champlin from Oakland, California, and uh, he went on to be in Chicago in the 80s through 2009 and sang lead on some of their big hits of that era. I first heard of him from the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. He was a backup vocalist and songwriter for many songs of the yacht era. I mean, he's all over yacht and yacht. Uh, but this one is uh, Sons of Champlin. They, this is their second appearance in the Hot 100. They uh, had a song earlier one called Hold On, which made it to number 47. Um, just really like the sound of this one. Um, he's a great vocalist, obviously. Um, kind of maybe more on towards the R&B side than, than Yacht Rock, but you can definitely see why he was such an in-demand uh, session vocalist. At number 74, we have Too Hot to Stop, Part 1 by The Bar Kays. And 74 was as high as that would get. These guys were a funk band from Memphis. And this was the title track off of their sixth album. Um, It was a follow-up single to Shake Your Rump to the Funk, which was a number 23 hit on the pop charts. They had nine appearances on the Hot 100 altogether. Starting off uh, back in 67 with Soul Finger made it to number 17. So that was one of the other other top 40 appearances. But these guys had a lot more success on the R&B chart. I first came to know of uh, the Barkays and this song specifically from the Superbad soundtrack. And you might remember it from the opening credits to that movie with the cool graphics. At uh, number 37 is Denise Williams with her song Free. This would make it to number 25, uh, but, but it was a UK number one. And this was Denise Williams' first charting single on any chart. It was from her debut album called This Is Niecy. And this is one of four top 40 hits for her, including two number ones. The sound is quite different from Let's Hear It From The Boy, you know, from the Footloose soundtrack. I would say that's probably where pop music fans know her the most from. Um, but of course, she also had more success on the r side. And she did also have a pretty successful gospel era in releasing some albums in that genre. At number 29, we have the Atlanta Rhythm Section with their song So Into You. This was the first single off of their sixth studio album. It was their biggest hit to that point, their first time in the, making it into the top ten. Uh, but they would go on to tie that position with um, Imaginary Lover. And I feel like I've pushed Atlanta Rhythm Section on you before. Uh, this is a really good one, I think. It's got a great groove going, and the lyric, I feel, stays on kind of the cool side of Sleazy, uh, in my opinion. At number 26, we have George Harrison with his song "Crackerbox Palace. That would make it to number 19. This was the second single from George's seventh solo album, 33 and a Third. And the title of the song comes from... He had a chance meeting with the former manager of a comedian called Lord Buckley, who had called his house "Crackerbox Palace in Los Angeles, and George got to visit it. And then he named his own house that, which I've already... You know, it was a grand, big English home, so it already had a name, Friar Park, but he started calling it Crackerbox Box Palace. I first heard of this one when NBC used to show old Saturday Night Lives, in the, you know, at like 2 in the morning on Sunday mornings, and there was a music video for this song directed by Eric Idle, which appeared on the show, and I thought it was kind of trippy and interesting, and I had never heard this song before, besides, you know, even though I was a pretty big Beatle fan. Um, so yeah, check this one out finally from the 70s this week at number 21 we have kiss with hard luck woman that would make it to number 15 this was the first single from the fifth kiss album rock and roll over and uh, paul stanley wrote this one for rod stewart and he was known to be a big admirer of, of rods but eventually uh, after the success of beth kiss decided to keep this for themselves and the Cashbox magazine review of the song as cited on wikipedia said that his vocal sounded like rod stewart um, I first came to know this one from the Garth Brooks cover off of that uh, Kiss uh, tribute album in 94. And so I, I tend to prefer that version just because it's kind of the first one I heard. And I like the, the vocal style that Garth brings to it uh, versus the original. But I could probably feel the opposite if I was more familiar with uh, the, uh, the Paul Stanley vocal first. Moving to the 80s, uh, we're in March 5th of 1983, starting off at number 92 is Windows by Missing Persons. That makes make it to number 63. And this is the second single off of uh, their first album, Spring Session M, and that one is the one that has all the big missing person songs, and I learned that it was an anagram of the band name, so that's cool. Uh, at number 86 is A Flock of Seagulls with a uh, space age love song, and that would make it to number 30. Uh, the fourth single from that self-titled debut of theirs. Apart from this one and then Iran, they had one other U.S. Top 40 appearance. So it's inaccurate to call them a one-hit wonder, even though I think Iran is such a huge one for them. Um, I kind of think they get overshadowed by the hairdo, the lead singer. They're just like, you know, pigeonholed to be just 80s weirdos. But I think there's a lot of emotion in this song and uh, really like it. And I learned that the band name comes from a line in a Stranglers song. At number 83 is Escalator of Life by Robert Hazard. That would make it to number 58. Uh, Robert Hazard was a singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Philadelphia. This was his only Hot 100 appearance, but he did write and record the original version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And he worked in many genres, uh, folk, country, new wave, electropop, and reggae. And he passed away at kind of a young age, so a sad loss there. I did want to mention at number 79, the song Sex, in parentheses, Ima, by Berlin. This is one that for many years I had only known from being on the Weird Al polka medley. so It's just kind of interesting. It's cool to hear the real version. At number 51, we have Rico Kasich with the first single off of his solo debut called Something to Grab For. And the album title is spelled like Beatitude from the Bible, but it's pronounced Beatitude. Uh, this was recorded during a two-year break that the Cars took, and uh, Greg Hawks also recorded a solo album. And then when they got back together, they made Heartbeat City, so the break uh, did them good, I think. I don't know why this was not more successful than 47. It sounds a lot like the Cars, and maybe in another... I always f- feel like I get confused between what's a Phil Collins solo and what's a Genesis song, and if this song was more successful, I might you know, get it confused the same way, because I don't know why you wouldn't go for this one if you like the cars. So the last four I want to talk about for you guys, I'm going to call these your mileage may vary, meaning you may go for these. You may not. At number 39 is uh, make love stay by Dan Fogelberg. This makes it to number 29. That was one of two new songs on his 1982 greatest hits disc. It was his third adult contemporary number one hit and I was researching this on Wikipedia, I learned that the B-side is called Hearts and Crafts, and that made me angry. Um, to listen to this one, I feel like I need to be in the right mood. Uh, it has a lot of emotion. There is one iffy lyric, but overall, I, really, I do enjoy it. At number 24 is Kenny Loggins with Heart to Heart. That would make it to number 15. This is the second single off of his fourth solo album, High Adventure. Uh, As a follow-up to Don't Fight It, the duet with Steve Perry. Um, on Beyond Your Rock, they highly rate this song very highly, but for me, it took a little while to grow on me. I feel like even as you listen to it, the song kind of builds as it goes. And, uh, it's really got a lot of Bonanza personnel, as they say on that podcast, uh, including David Sanborn with a sax solo. At number 21 is Fall In Love With Me by Earth, Wind & Fire. That would make it to number 17. This is the first single from their 12th album. Um, I really like it, and it feels like it should be more well known. The band is really firing on all cylinders. There's different vocal styles between the chorus and the verses, which is cool. I do feel like, though, the album version is definitely too long. It's like six minutes long versus the single version being four minutes. Um, If there's a way I could add that for you, I would. I mean, it's still great. It just needs a. I think the single version is where it's at. And finally, from the 80s this week, at number 11, You Are by Lionel Richie we make it to number four. This was the second single off of his self-titled solo debut. And I thought this was interesting, funny. The order of the singles as they were released, it says, truly, you are my love. And I thought that was sweet. If that was done on purpose, that's sweet. And Lionel wrote, co-wrote this song with his then wife, Brenda Harvey Ritchie. And I learned that Richard Marks sang backup vocals on it. And I really like uh, UR, just for being up-tempo, but still smooth. I think Lionel had a, Richie had a tendency to go you know, for the very slow ballots. He had a lot of success in that area, so I can't begrudge him at all. But I think he does a great job with the up-tempo ones, too. Well, that's all the time I have this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff, as always. I had no idea Robert Hazard... Wrote Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> I mean, you'd you never think that it was written by a fella, right? <laughs> but uh, I guess good for Robert Hazard and good for Cindy Lauper for turning it into a major, major hit. But yeah, I've, I'd always associated that with her, and it was so iconic. I always just assumed that she wrote it as well. Interesting. Uh, this has been episode 271 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.